Good evening. Welcome to Left, Right and Center. I'm Vishnu Shom. Tomorrow and day after, key days at the G20 meet in India with foreign ministers of several countries coming in. The goal is to get a joint resolution out, something which could not take place last week during the finance minister's meeting because of sharp differences on the Ukraine issue between Western countries and Russia and China. Can Indian diplomacy pave the way for an agreement among foreign ministers ahead of the all-important summit of world leaders in Delhi in September? We'll also be bringing you an interview with the Australian foreign minister. She's here in India. She'll be in conversation with my colleague Maha Siddiqui. That's in the first part of this program. But at half past the hour, the brazen daylight killing of a man who witnessed a high-profile murder in Uttar Pradesh results in action from the state government. A house of one of the men, Zafar Ahmed, thought to have been involved in the daylight attack is bulldozed and destroyed. And now bulldozer action is expected at the homes of the other alleged members of this gang. By all means, bring down the mafia, target injustice. But is there any legal basis or for that matter, any sense in raising the homes of those accused in a crime? Not convicted, the legal process has hardly started. Is this the way that law enforcement should work? And do these attacks primarily target one community in Uttar Pradesh? That's our second debate. But what we are going to be looking at uh, right away is uh, this forthcoming visit, uh, which is taking place now with several leaders, as you can see, of G20 nations. Uh, these are foreign ministers of several countries. Remember, a resolution couldn't happen because of the Ukraine war and differing perspectives. Uh, but let's bring you this report on whether India's diplomacy might actually have an important role in achieving a breakthrough in the next couple of days. In less than 24 hours, these foreign ministers of key G20 nations will either make or break the possibility of arriving at a joint resolution, a key step in the G20 process of which India is the president. The stumbling block is Ukraine. There was no resolution last week when finance ministers of G20 nations met in Bengaluru. And it appears that the divisions are stuck on the issue of Ukraine. It is true that the war in Ukraine uh, is disrupting global energy markets. It is disrupting uh, global food supply uh, at a time where we already have a lot of challenges in the global economy. The Russian Foreign Ministry says Lavrov will openly talk about the reasons and instigators of the current serious problems in world politics. The United Kingdom says it will continue to call out Russian aggression in Ukraine. And the European Union says it will convey a strong message on Russia's blatant violation of international law. Given the, uh, uh, the nature and the developing situation uh, in the Russia-Ukraine conflict, Naturally, that would be an important uh, point of discussions during the G20 uh, foreign ministers' meeting. Indian diplomats remain cautiously optimistic despite a breakthrough at the foreign ministers' meet. India is putting out an ambitious agenda for the G20 foreign ministers' meeting. But the threat of the Ukraine war overshadowing all other issues remains quite real. With Russia and China objecting to two paras of the outcome document in Bengaluru, India is putting all its diplomatic effort in trying to get a consensus going for a joint communique in New Delhi. But are the differences too wide at the moment to bridge? That 
is the question that looms large. With camera person Kanan Patra, this is Mahasiddhi in Delhi for NDTV. Well, joining us now, uh, Amitabh Mattu, who's been following the situation very closely. Michael Kugelman at the Wilson Center joins us as well. Aina Tangin, senior fellow at the Taihe Institute and chairman of Asia Narratives Channel based in Beijing, with us as well. Zed Tarar uh, is a foreign service officer of the United States. He's with us in the NDTV studios. And uh, Ambassador Dilip Sinha with us as well, a former Indian ambassador. Uh, Dr. Mattu, uh, you know, last week, we couldn't actually get a, a breakthrough in the way that perhaps many would have, would have hoped for because of the Ukraine crisis and the finance minister's deal uh, meeting. Uh, do you expect um, that this is going to be a problem in the next couple of days at the foreign minister's meet? If I was a betting man, Vishnu, which I am, I would say that there will be a resolution. I think the very fact that you have the Chinese, new Chinese foreign minister, Chin Gang, Sergei Lavrov, uh, Anthony Blinken, and Jay Shankar, and of course, uh, someone who's an outstanding foreign minister, Penny Wong of Australia. I think there is a will, there's a capacity, and obviously, as you point out, there's a Manichaean divide over the war in Ukraine. But the very fact that you have all these heavyweights sitting in New Delhi, I think they will strike a balance. Everyone realizes that this war is a devastating war. This war should end, as India has stated, and that diplomacy must be given a chance. So frankly, I think this is a moment. This is a moment for India. This is a moment for India's diplomatic triumph. And this is a moment where all the other countries involved with stakes can save face and find a way in which you can arrive at a compromise. So frankly speaking, I'm much more optimistic than I was about Bengaluru. Uh, the finance minister is a hard-headed clinical economist, usually, who think about accounts and numbers. But foreign ministers are taught the art of compromise, the art of navigating through the minefield of many different variables. So I would, I would argue that perhaps this is the moment that we've been looking for. The moment has arrived. It's India's moment, but it's also the world's moment to sure. correct itself. Aina Tangan, uh, is that, uh, in, I mean, would, would you agree with Dr. Mattu? The reason I ask is because, uh, for one reason, the use of the word war, that's been problematic. In the finance minister's meeting, China had a problem with the description of war uh, or, or the use of the word war in the description of the overall situation in Ukraine. Is that a stumbling block as well now as foreign ministers meet? Well, I, I think for uh, China's point of view, they want to get away from finger pointing, uh, trying to label things. You obviously have a conflict here. It is affecting the entire globe. It has already hijacked the G20, uh, meaning that uh, India is trying to focus on the economic needs of those in the global south and the rest of the world. So, you know, at this juncture, um, China does have a problem with trying to, you know, <laughs> you know, one side saying it's the other guy's fault. Uh, that will not be beneficial. I don't know how you get people to the table when they're insisting that the other guy has to give in completely. So at this juncture, I think it's really important that Chin Gang meets uh, with his uh, Indian counterpart, uh, Shankar, and that they uh, come to some sort of idea about how not just China, but India, perhaps South Africa, Brazil, a lot of the uh, BRICS and other countries 
can sit down and try to restore the trust that was lost uh, you know, during this uh, entire process. I mean, from uh, Russia's point of view, they say NATO has expanded. Uh, they say that the uh, peace agreements, Minsk 1 and 2, were uh, merely ploys for a time on the U.S. side. They say, well, you know, uh, Russia attacked uh, Ukraine, that it's uncalled for. The Europeans are saying the same thing. But that's not going to solve anything. So at this juncture, it has to be diplomacy. I don't think there's going to be a major breakthrough. I, I hope I am wrong, and I hope my colleague is correct. Uh, but at this juncture, uh, it really is incumbent on the rest of the world to bring the developed world uh, and Russia and Ukraine together. Zed, there are uh, your thoughts. Are you optimistic of a breakthrough? Because the language uh, in describing the Ukraine situation has been very different and very divergent from, let's say, the United States, the United Kingdom, and France, and, and say, China, and obviously Russia. Um, do you believe that uh, the language or the discourse in, in describing the situation in Ukraine will prevent an actual resolution, a joint resolution from happening? Uh, Vishu, uh, thanks for, for having me. Uh, as you know, I'm the Hindi and Urdu spokesperson for the, for the State Department. Sure, Department. you're welcome so, to speak in Hindi. Uh, please go right uh, ahead. Hindi Urdu Jee, jee, zaroor. Please go ahead. So, look, in this case, Rashtrapati Biden has thought if we have to stop the Ukraine youth, then there is one way. And support the Ukraine to support the Ukraine. And at that time, we have to say in a very soft way that what we are seeing in Ukraine is that it is not going to happen. So, the hope is that allies and partners will give this statement to Putin. Where the G20 statement is going to come, will it 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 come, But Tarar Sahib, I think the question is, is this. I mean, is the expectation of the United States that Russia would be directly named and in a sense targeted in any expected resolution that you expect, right? Um, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, is right. that what the expectation of the U.S. would be, is? Because, again, it's uh, the, the point mentioned by China and to a certain extent India as well is that there needs to be uh, a path that brings both sides together. So, for example, India in the last, in the United Nations General Assembly, uh, in the last resolution against Russia, which we abstained from, said that, you know, both sides need to be a party to this. Uh, you, you can't just have a one-directional uh, one sort of resolution or attempt at a resolution. Uh, so how much is the U.S. willing to compromise on what has been its very strong position? Hmm. Vishnu, I, I think uh, the real question is this. If we look at it so, हम यह कह सकते हैं कि अगर यूक्रेन ने कल लड़ाई खत्म किया तो यूक्रेन खुद खत्म होगा अगर रूस ने लड़ाई खत्म किया तो यह युद्ध खत्म होगा तो मेरे नहीं ख्याल कि हम कह सकते हैं यह जो शिकायत है कि क्या वन साइडेड है टू साइडेड नहीं है मेरे नहीं ख्याल कि यह ठीक है राष्ट्रपति बाइडेन बहुत साफ तौर पर कह चुके हैं कि हम तो तैयार हैं ज़ेलेंस्की भी यह कह चुके हैं वो भी तैयार है लेकिन अब आप बैठक कर चर्चा कैसे कर सकते हैं कि जब मिसाइल और बम जो है आप पर गिर रहे हैं उस वक्त मैंने नहीं ख्याल कि ये ठीक है 
और हमारा जो जो पॉलिसी है इस वक्त वो बहुत साफ है वो ये है कि हमने यूक्रेन को सपोर्ट देना है और पुटिन को हमने एक आवाज में ये कहना है कि ये ये जो हम देख रहे हैं इस वक्त यूक्रेन में वो गलत है that you know they will follow their 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 policy and their philosophy thus far this being the case what can india realistically do uh wish to uh, i would like to share uh, dr mattu's optimism uh, here i think one needs to distinguish between the possible outcome of the foreign ministers meet and uh, progress in the uh, issue of the war itself now it is possible that the foreign ministers may come up with some kind of a compromise uh, formulation it's a very remote possibility and i think it's unrealistic to expect that considering that only 4 months ago when the heads met uh, they had decided that g20 is not the forum for resolving security issues so uh, the fact that the foreign ministers are meeting now uh, and uh, whether they will uh, try and uh, find a solution to the ukraine war or at least a resolution remains to be seen but uh, quite certainly if there is a resolution adopted uh, at the foreign ministers meeting it would be a very mild and very limp resolution because as far as the war is concerned neither side is currently willing to compromise neither side is tired enough for uh, a ceasefire both sides think that they can actually win the war russia not so much now russia perhaps is willing to go for a ceasefire but ukraine certainly has given no indication that it, it is willing to accept a ceasefire at this time when russia is occupying its territory because if there is a ceasefire today then uh, for all times to come uh, ukraine would lose the territory that's currently occupied by by russia as we have seen in the truce that took place in the korean war 70 years ago that ceasefire line continues to remain, remain even today sure as also for example the ceasefire line in our own jammu and kashmir state so ukraine is clearly not prepared to accept that compromise today maybe tomorrow it will but not today dr matu um, i'm just trying to understand how important is a resolution towards september and uh, you know when when you have the global leaders coming here in india is this a, a step towards that what if there is no resolution then what happens i mean obviously the you can take a clinical view of this g20 is not about conflict and war it's about economics it's about multilateral reform it's about development assistance it's about food insecurity and all the other issues but clearly uh, it will queer the pitch um i think uh, it's clear that if you have the war continuing then uh, there will be a shadow of that impact on that huge exercise that india is undertaking um i think it's what is clear in the last one year is that russia cannot win this war and uh, ukraine uh, cannot lose this war so i mean the only way forward is to arrive at some form of truce and i agree with ambassador sinha that the terms of that truce will define how we move forward and it's for india which has the space and which has carved out the leverage to try and negotiate ways in which uh, putin doesn't lose face ukraine is not seen as a victor and we can co- go back to multilateralism in a manner that will be acceptable to the main actors and especially the D- g20 it's a huge challenge but that's what diplomacy is all about 
I mean, I am not a diplomat, but everyone who spent, and including your dear father, who was an absolutely brilliant diplomat, knew that this is this is where you actually make your mark. After all, academics can only think about the world. Diplomats have to change it. You know, Aina Tangin, this is one of the few areas where India and China, in some senses, do see eye to eye. Uh, both India and China believe that there has to be a ground which is found, which works for both Russia and the Ukraine. Uh, India, for example, has great relations with both Moscow and with Kiev. Um, you know, so there is, in a sense, support for at one level for uh, for not to uh, not to uh, sort of keep Russia um, alone in this entire situation to sort of support Russia as best as possible while calling for peace. I think that's that's what everybody wants, peace. This being the case, do you believe that uh, China can be pragmatic in working with, for example, India and trying to encourage the use of words in this resolution which can actually achieve what everybody wants, which is peace, right? I don't think there's any dispute about that. Well, no, I agree with you, and uh, I, I, I don't think, and I don't think that um, Beijing thinks that it can do this alone. Uh, obviously, the BRICS are the, uh, you know, the cornerstone of a future peace because there has to be an honest broker in here. Uh, the trust between, as I said, between Russia and Europe and America is completely broken. Um, you know, what you have is Ukraine is the victim here. Uh, but at, at this juncture, if I, you know, I don't know how you can have diplomacy if I don't trust you. Uh, there has to be some idea that you're going to carry through with your agreement. Uh, based on uh, past uh, circumstances, that's not going to happen, not with these players alone. So it has to be outside players. And I think that is uh, China's uh, idea. Uh, but it's, you know, as I said, it's going to take cooperation from uh, South Africa, Brazil, India, uh, other nations. Uh, Indonesia, who can weigh in here and say, listen, you know, there there's, has to be a peace process here because this is going way beyond. You're victimizing not uh, only uh, the countries of Europe and uh, Central Asia, but also the rest of the developing world. You know, Mr. Tangan, a couple of points. Firstly, um, there is this fear, it's certainly in Ukraine, that China uh, may be looking at selling arms. To Ukraine. I just wanted to understand from your standpoint as an expert, is there any truth in that? Absolutely not. I mean, I, you know, obviously I could be surprised, but uh, it doesn't make sense. Uh, China is uh, on a daily basis saying that, you know, they, they object to this selling of arms uh, and pushing more arms into Ukraine because they believe that's pouring gasoline on the fire. I don't think the answer to pouring gasoline on the fire is pouring more onto right. it. So at this juncture, it, you know, who's, both sides, as everyone here has agreed, um, you know, peace is the ultimate goal here. It has to be negotiated. It's not going to come on the battlefield. I don't care what, you know, jingoistic uh, uh, war uh, mongers think. Uh, this is not a situation where one side is going to win and the other side is going to lose. And if it did happen and it involved Russia, we're facing very serious consequences. And this is what is really motivating uh, Beijing. They're really concerned about the possibility of a nuclear war. And uh, right now they, they fear that, um, you know, the, the forces involved, especially the U.S., is kind of sleepwalking into it with this kind of jingoistic jargon about how it's necessary to start pointing fingers. It doesn't help that Russia does the same thing. 
So at this juncture, cooler heads have to be brought in and there has to be a system of trust. And that means there has to be honest brokers. And those are not the parties that are currently at the table. Ambassador Sinha, would you like to respond to that? Because again, this is an area where there is, in a sense, uh, some uh, similarity in the Chinese and Indian positions. Nobody wants this to get into a nuclear situation. I think India has also warned against the dangers of, uh, you know, of, of getting into that realm. China certainly has as well. So that's another area where both sides are absolutely clear, working together. But in terms of bringing other independent uh, players into the theater, uh, Aina Tangan mentioned South Africa, Brazil, India, etc., etc., uh, and working as a separate group, um, given the geopolitics at play over here in what is a, a, a European war at this stage. Do you think that that, that might work? Well, I agree with Dr. Tangan that uh, there is a real danger if this war uh, extends further into this year and next year of it uh, escalating, escalating into a, a conflict, perhaps a, a nuclear conflict. That risk is always there. And it is also correct to say that uh, no side is going to win the war easily. Whichever side, if the war leads itself into a conclusion where one of the sides loses, then it will, in any case, have very serious consequences for the world, because the losing side would have to be Russia, which is a nuclear power. But having said that, I don't see at the moment any kind of willingness on the Ukrainian side, on the Western side, to strike a compromise. Uh, the, the resolution that they uh, got adopted in the UN General Assembly uh, last week had the support of over 70% of the members of the UN. Within BRICS itself, Brazil voted for the resolution, while three countries abstained. Russia opposed the resolution. So BRICS itself is divided on this issue. Uh, and this divide will, will carry through in any uh, forum that we try and discuss this issue at the present moment. So we just have to hope that uh, the two sides uh, do come to a point where they feel that they should go for a compromise rather than absolute victory or outright victory. But that point has not been reached yet, I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dr. Bhattu, final question to you. There, was, um, there have been reports uh, which have pointed out that um, at one level, the inability to push through a resolution among finance ministers last week meeting in Bengaluru for G20 was somehow a failure of India and India's diplomacy. Um, and that the onus is now on India to actually push this through. Again, that's unreasonable, isn't it? Uh, India can only persuade nations, but there are very hardline positions over here. And so this is not really about India beyond, obviously, pride. Uh, I mean, India I mean, would like to see itself as a nation that's broken through. But so how would you look at that? I mean, I'm going to make it even more ad hominem. Both uh, uh, Minister Nirmala Sitaraman and Minister Jay Shankar are products of JNU and they're outstanding products of Jawaharlal Nehru University. And of course, I think the onus on arriving at a consensus or a resolution in Bangalore didn't depend on uh, Minister Sitaraman's abilities. She's outstanding. And, uh, but I think the times have changed. It's a, uh, a week, they say, is a long time in politics. It's a huge time in diplomacy. And uh, I, I also believe that the finance ministers think a certain way. I think foreign ministers and all of them are outstanding diplomats who understand the realities of what is happening that absolutist positions cannot, beyond a point, 
take you anywhere. So whether it's a Chin Wong or whether it's Sergei Larov or whether it's Anthony Blinken or Dr. Jay Shankar, I think they just are playing a different game. So I would say that it will be India's moment if we arrive at a resolution, but it won't be, it won't take away from India if the great powers, if Russia or the United States were to um, continue with their absolute positions. I think they need to recognize that for the sake of the international system, for the international order and for humanity, they need to back down a little because this is going to have impacts much beyond Europe. Aina Tangan, a final question to you. Let's address the uh, elephant in the room. Uh, China and India, foreign ministers on the same platform, same city, uh, same room. Will we talk peace? Will there be something substantive? Because we've been talking, there's just not been that massive breakthrough. I think there's impatience on both sides to get that done. Well, if do you mean the uh, line of actual control? Yeah. And, and, and the fixing the course of the relationship. Um, I, I don't know that they can uh, do that thing. So I think that would be left uh, to the leaders meeting um, and perhaps a, a summit between uh, um, Modi and Xi. Um, I, they can certainly prepare the way. Uh, they're both going to be presenting, uh, especially uh, Chin Gang, uh, his view of how uh, the relationship should go forward, what is important. And I think hopefully there'll be a very healthy exchange and they can get on to some of these issues. Obviously, the line of actual control is an issue, uh, but this is an even greater one because of the threat of nuclear war. All right. Well, I'd like to thank you all very much uh, for, for joining us. It's going to be a very fascinating next couple of days uh, to see if there can be a diplomatic solution to a, a war in which millions have been suffering.